Green Left Weekly Radio. There's one newspaper that is independent of powerful capitalist interests, and that is Green Left Weekly. It's the people's voice committed to human and civil rights, ecological sustainability, democracy and equality. It presents ideas that the mainstream media won't. Greenleft is a leading source of local, national and international news with analysis, discussion and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movement. It helps expose the lies of the capitalist press and puts the voices of the marginalised and the oppressed at the centre of fighting for a better world and helps us understand the political developments unfolding around us. Good morning, listeners. You are listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR 855 AM. And you're joined today by, we have three presenters in the program, um, for our program today. We're joined by myself, Jacob Andrewafa. Morning, Jacob and Zane, and it's Chloe here. Top of the morning to you. Morning, listeners. Okay, um, uh, 3CR is being broadcast from the land of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and we respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners, caretakers, and custodians of this land. This land was stolen, it was taken by brute force, and sovereignty was never ceded. We join in solidarity with First Nations people's struggle for justice. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. All right, thanks for that, Chloe. And to give a bit of a rundown for what we have coming up on our program today, we're going to be joined by Gay Demanuel from the Whistleblowers Activists and Communities Alliance um, to talk about Waka, um, their campaign against Elbert Systems, um, who are actually an Israeli weapons manufacturer who are based in uh in Port Melbourne, who have an office in Port Melbourne, and they're actually one of the biggest uh, weapons manufacturers in Melbourne. And in fact, I've actually been kind of reading a lot about um, some of this stuff um, with Anthony Lewinstein's newest book, um, The Palestine Laboratory, who, where he goes a lot in detail about you know these arms deals, um, the arms deals, etc. Now, the other guests we have coming on will be. I'm hearing from Adele Welsh from um, from the Geelong Women's Unionist Network to talk about their upcoming conference that's coming up this weekend, which is called Women Get Organised, Ending uh, Systematic Violence and Gender Diverse People. Then from 8.10am, we'll be hearing from Alan Griffiths, who is a Melbourne composer, uh, to talk about his new song cycle, Such a Fine Sunny Day, which has been premiered soon on the world stage by world-reowned opera singer Paul Whelan. And I guess one sort of important, I mean, we haven't, we haven't usually had sort of classical composers on our program, but one of the, uh, one of the contexts is this, um, is go to, this is sort of centered as a contribution to the sort of anti-Orcus movement and against mil- mil- militarism. Okay, so, Let's go, I guess, into some of the, in some of the, uh, I guess, into some of the news headlines. I thought we'd use the, I guess, the first part of the program to give a bit of, um, give some updates on, I guess, what's happening in the Palestine Solidarity Movement. Maybe even comment on some of the comments that have actually been made by some of our politicians on Palestine, because, um, Israel's war on, on Gaza is continuing. Um, I mean, the, I mean, the latest death toll is that more than 6,000 Palestinians have lost their lives as a, as a result of indiscriminate bombing campaigns and by... A third of those are children. Yeah, and as, mm-hmm. as Chloe kind of points out. 
And I think it's been the solidarity that has been given by the movement has been very important in a lot of ways. And in fact, on Wednesday, there was a, there was a fantastic protest organized by Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance and Free Palestine Melbourne. And the protest was around, um, was around, you know, the First Nations community coming together and saying, coming and saying we stand with Palestine and there was a very kind of powerful speech given by Tony Birch at the protest which you know where he basically said you know we will always stand with you and we'll always be out on the streets you especially since the Palestinians are always coming out on the streets for us every invasion day and so yeah the rally attracted up to hundreds of um, hundreds of people and there's going to be actually a lot more kind of actions coming up and we'll be giving details of, of, of those of those protests later in the program. Okay. Um yeah, so um anyone else want to sort of share some some news that have has sort of been coming up lately? Uh it's it's the age old question, like every time there's a massive strike by Israel and Palestine, just how many like how many civilians need to be killed before Israel is satisfied? Like it's just really disturbing and 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 horrendous to watch. I don't have any profound uh, comment to say, but I think big international solidarity protests are really important. So people need to keep coming out and yeah, showing your support for the Palestinian people. Yeah, definitely. And and also calling out the the terrible comments made by f- people like, you know, Penny Wong, Foreign Affairs Minister, Albanese, um Richard Miles, just um you know, what 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 we're actually organizing this weekend is a community speak out. We're going to be standing outside of Peter Khalil, ALP Peter Khalil's office and holding up signs, um, asking them why, you know, it it is important at this point to actually ridicule some of these politicians and highlight that the ALP, um, the LNP are are actually standing with Israel at this time. And, you know, it is very inspiring to see all the protests around the world um, for Palestine, Um, but there are, you know, lots of... um, people that are being repressed, like there are so many, it is actually um, people around the world who are protesting against the genocidal war by Israel and Gaza, are being treated like criminals um, and come under police and government repression, whereas people holding pro-Israel demonstrations are safe to do so, although there are far less of those rallies. Um, We were hearing that 200 people were brutally detained in Delhi near the Israel embassy recently, This was a violent attack on protesters and against um, trade unions. There were lots of people who were injured just for showing solidarity with Palestinian people against their inhumane occupation. Um, And there were some activists from the CPIML, um, Communist Party of India, Marxist-Leninist Liberation Party, shout out to them. But a few of these comrades were forcibly taken from their homes to police stations in 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 the dead of night. Um, they they did put out a statement strongly condemning these arrests, um, but these arrests are being made in different parts of the country um, to prevent Indians expressing solidarity with Palestinian people. And the fascist Prime Minister 
Nehendra Modi didn't waste any time expressing solidarity with Israel after Palestinians broke through that blockade and shamelessly continues to gag the voice of Indians raise, being raised um, in solidarity with oppressed um, Palestinians. And it, it is interesting because India is the first non-Arab country to recognize the PLO, the Palestine Liberation Organization, in the 70s. And now it's you can see what's happened. It's, um, it's, it's closer to Israel now, and it's one of the biggest benefactors um, – like the like the U.S. So mm. yeah, keep but keep. Um, we we need to keep demonstrating. There's going to be protests. It looks like Free Palestine Melbourne is going to be organising a protest every Sunday at the State Library at 12. And those protests, if you haven't been to one yet, they are massive. The last one was about we we reckon it was about 20 to 30 thousand people took to the streets, and it was raining here in Melbourne as well. That didn't deter anybody. So, yeah, please get down to your – there are local rallies being called. Uh, the healthcare workers also called a rally at the State Library last Thursday, and that was in response to the, the bombing of the hospital. Um, so there's, there's lots of work that you can do, and, um, yeah, please speak out. Hmm. Lots of ways to do it. Just on a more light-hearted note about the story <laughs> in um, – the story kind of in India, I actually saw some footage of the – pro-Israel protest um, organised by the Hindu sort of nationalists. It was quite amusing in a lot of ways because basically some of the rhetoric that's... I won't sort of um, report on the other sort of hateful rhetoric that they're sort of saying, which is Mm. actually quite awful in a lot of ways, but on the more light-hearted note, they are... Some of the rhetoric that is coming from the Hindu nationalists is quite funny in a quite a weird way because basically you have all these um, Hindu nationalists who are going on about how great Israel is and they're basically saying, we want to... you know, the Israel government needs to send a, uh, needs to um, draft a thousand of us to fight for the IDF <laughs> so we can be... And then there's another weird thing where some of them are saying, well, we want Israel to hopefully integrate us. We want to become Israeli citizens themse- ourselves as Hindus, which I find also a bit weird because the whole foundation of um, Israel is about being a Jewish ethno yeah. state. So, the, I mean, it's it's not it's not um, it's not um, unsurprising that the Hindu nationalists would find a lot of common ground with you know the um, with the Zionist sort of leadership within Israel. But yeah, I do think it's sort of like there is a sort of a mu- there's a bit of amusing about the about the kind of pro-Israel demonstrations themselves. And I think it does sort of also reflect a certain polarisation uh, in Indian society right now because, um, as you say before, Chloe, traditionally, you know, India has been a, a strong, you know, a very strong, has even the state itself has been quite supportive of Palestine solidarity in the past and it hasn't just been, you know, the, from from come from below. Well, we're going to be hearing from our first interviewee, Gay Dimanuela, from the Whistleblowers Activists and Communities Alliance to talk about how they're protesting against Elibit Systems um, and their terrible role in in Israel's bombing campaign of Gaza. But before we do, should we go to a song? Yeah. This song is called... 1-800-GENOCIDE People's Remix. It was released recently on October 25th and it's by artist Rebel Diaz. This is a political hip-hop duo uh, in New York and Chicago consisting of Chilean brothers Rodrigo 
Venegas, known as Rod Stars, and also Gonzalo Venegas, G, they're known as G1. And this group uses their music as an ongoing organizing tool and to spread knowledge about injustice. So we hope you enjoy 1-800-GENOCIDE. Genocide, it's a genocide. 
You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR, and you were just listening to a song called 1-800-Genocide by Rebel Diaz. And now we are joined on the show, um, we are joined by Gay Demanuela, I hope I pronounced that correctly, from Whistleblowers, Activists and Community Communities Alliance, or WACA. Good, uh, good morning, Gay. Good morning, Chloe. <laughs> Now we've we've brought you on the show today to talk a little bit about the Elibit Systems or ELSA because they've recently ch- tra- changed their name and about their horrible role in Israel's bombing campaign of Gaza. Um, would you be able to just you know give people a bit of information and and also where where they have a where else they have a presence? Sure. Elibit. Systems is the largest weapons manufacturer in Israel. <clears throat> they provide about 85% of the land-based equipment procured by the ADF, IDF, sorry, and 85% of its drones. Um, they <clears throat> they market their military technology quite proudly on their website as battle-tested or field-tested. And when they're talking about that, they're talking about the Israeli Defence Force's extensive use of Elbert weaponry in the occupied Palestinian territories and in Gaza. The, <clears throat> the revenue in 2018 stood at $3.7 billion. By 2020, it was $4.6 uh, $4. billion. Um, we know that Elbert drones are being used on successive attacks on civilians in Gaza, and it's very well documented in 2009, 2012, 2014, 2018, and it's that the use of um, Elbert drones in Gaza is now part of an international criminal court investigation. And. Um, um- Oh, yeah. Sorry if I was interrupting. Yeah, I was going to the next question. Um, what can you tell us about the direct action and including some of the demands of um, Waka um, who have been, you know, part of some really, very good actions um, occupying the Elbert Systems building in solidarity with Palestinians who have been killed and maimed by their weapons? Well, we've been... There's, Elbert Systems have... An office or a manufacturing facility in most places across the globe. They're on every continent, and here in Melbourne, they have <clears throat> they have two facilities. Actually, they have an office at 650 Lorimer Street in Port Melbourne, <clears throat> and I'll tell you a little bit more about their um, partnership with the Victorian government soon with their centre of excellence. But we um, at Waco. I can't stand by while we're <clears throat> seeing the atrocities being committed by Israel in the occupied territories of Palestine. And so we've visited in the past week, we've um, visited uh, Elbert in Port Melbourne in their foyer and we're part of a global network, a global campaign against Elbert. Uh, you may have seen um, Palestine action in the UK and now in the US. And so during this last week, there's been actions blocking uh, factories, blocking offices, uh, 
in across the US and in the UK. And the UK campaign's actually years long and they've had some good success in shutting down um, a factory, in had, enforcing Albert to move their offices uh, by targeting landlords. So they've, it's been quite a, an effective campaign there. Um, and we actually really must be rattling them because we noticed between um, our first visit last week and our visit this week that they've scrubbed their signage. So they actually removed their name from the building directory and from the signage outside. As they should. Shame job. Yeah, it is a shame job. Um, Gay, um, you, you mentioned their or um, their office in Lorimer Street. Um, yes. What, what about that manufacturing facility? Do we know where that's located? Um, well, what I was talking about, the Centre of Excellence, is a partnership between the Victorian government and we know that RMIT University actually signed a contract, had a partnership that they we're happy to talk about up until a very few short weeks ago when they now deny that they have a partnership. But this Centre of Excellence, which has been funded by the state government <coughs> in partnership with Elbert, is somewhere in Fisherman's Bend. Um, and there, it's a research facility uh, looking at researching artificial intelligence. Now, RMIT... Um, and now denying they have that partnership. But before they denied it, they were telling us it was for surveillance systems for managing bushfires. But we know that that surveillance, those surveillance systems are also used for targeting uh, people in war, what they call warfare, but which is actually attempted genocide, um, not only in Gaza, you know, in our local neighbourhood or in West Papua, we know that mm. weapon, Elbert weapons have been used. Elbert technology is being used by the Indonesian government <coughs> to target West Papuans. We know that's also happening in the Philippines. In fact, it's happening all over the world. <coughs> Oppressive regimes are um, armed by Elbert. And um, the next kind of point I want to sort of ask about is um, about the complicity of, I guess, the uh, Australian government. Like how, what are the kind of the Australian government sort of ties to the Israeli weapons manufacturer and other international arms dealers such as Elbert? But also there's, um, I know there's been an ongoing campaign about, uh, against RMIT, who I think have, who I'm, pretty sure has entered in some kind of contract with Elbert Systems. So I kind of want to hear a bit more about though, um, the links um, that is. And, of course, is Elbert um, and trying to lobby other universities um, besides RMIT to enter in, into agreements and so on? Yeah, this is a really, um, really, really important point because <clears throat> at, we, our friends, um, students at RMIT have been... Um, running a campaign, a BDS campaign for some time now. And we know that arms companies have infiltrated the tertiary sector. Um, it's so-called cash-strapped universities who seem to be able to have huge amounts to invest in their buildings and in paying their um, high-ranking staff and don't seem to have enough to pay for their uh, the actual t- academic staff 
and support staff. We know that they're entering contract lucrative contracts with arms companies. What um, we what is really hard to find out is exactly uh, the contracts that the Australian state and federal governments have with Elbert. We know that um, Australia's approved 322 defence exports to Israel over the past six years. And that came out in questioning in the Senate. Um, the Greens defence spokesperson, David Shoebridge, is asking some uncomfortable questions, as he should be. Um, and he stated that Australia has one of the most secretive and unaccountable weapons export systems in the world. So when we try to track those contracts, it's quite difficult. It's a bit of a labyrinthine. Uh, the Oz tenders um, information is quite difficult to track through. And we also know Elbert uses subsidiary companies. So it's quite a um, difficult task to track exactly how much Australia is spending with con in contracts with Elbert and with other arms companies. But what we do know is that Australians, through the tax system, are contributing billions to profits in profits to the arms companies. We also know that Australia is breaching the UN Arms Trade Treaty of 2013 because we're actually allowing exports of weapons to go to Israel that are being used in the commission of attempted genocide and crimes against humanity. Gay, you're part of the Whistleblowers, Activists and Communities Alliance. Would you be able to tell us about this alliance and how people can get involved, also when the next action is? Yes, we're, we're just a group of people. And you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can direct message us. You know, we, <clears throat> we're just people who are, we've been, this didn't just happen yesterday. We've been a group of people that have been um, taking a stand against capitalism, about environmental destruction, about the treatment of refugees, about use of weapons. We often support other groups in actions. Um, the, the last action down at Elbert in 650 Lorimer Street, Port Melbourne, people from Wage Peace um, joined with us. We joined with them and we took action down there because that, well, what can we do? We can't stand by and watch what's happening and now we have every opportunity to see what's happening. They, you know, the saying was that the war won't be televised. We're actually seeing it on our screens everywhere. And we can't just stand by and do nothing. So we welcome people to come along, join our actions in whatever capacity um, that they're able to contribute. Yeah, thanks so much for your work, Gail. The protesters, um, including yourself, we know what you've been getting arrested as well. So the right to protest um, also needs to be protected. Um, that's right. And getting arrested isn't really the story. And people mm. can come along and not be arrested. Yeah, of course. Um, and we know not everyone has the privilege, in fact, to be able to put themselves on the line like that. There are a whole, a whole lot of roles that people can be involved in. Um, Gay, it, it must be... Um I guess uh, tempting for Wacker seeing these massive crowds of people assembling each Sunday 
to protest in solidarity with Palestine at the State Library when it's just across from um, RMIT. Is there any um, plans to like funnel the crowd through RMIT mm. before um, you know marching through the city? Uh, I'm not one of the organisers. I'm not with um, uh, Free Palestine Melbourne and the wonderful people there who have been organising the protest. So I wouldn't... Um, <laughs> I won't speak for them. They'll, they're very well able to speak for themselves. But, yeah, that's a great idea, isn't it? We need to be drawing attention to um, not only the terrible things that are happening, and I think Free um, Palestine Melbourne have been doing this. They've not only expressing the grief and the horror, they're expressing the call. Each of the speakers that I've heard have been expressing the call to action that we we can't be bystanders. That our you know our struggles are intrinsically linked. Our struggles in Australia, and we saw with the um, Black People's Solidarity with Palestine um, demo on. Was that Wednesday evening? That you know, that was the very clear message was our struggle is your struggle, and that no one is free until everyone is free. Yeah, I think that's um, a really good way to to wrap up, Gay. But before we do, is there anything else that you wanted to let listeners know? Just want to let people know that Australia is a link in the global arms supply chain. Just here in Melbourne, we've got BAE, Boeing, Talas, um, Nioa, Lockheed Martin, right? Raytheon, Rheinmetall, Laidos, Leonardo, like, and probably more. There's an arms company near you. And we, in, just in Sydney next week, it, there's disrupt, there's, our friends at Wage Peace are running a campaign against the Sea Forces Ex, um, Expo. That's the 5th of the 9th um, of November at the Sydney Convention Centre. Here in um, Melbourne, in fact, Land Forces International are going to be very sorry that they moved their expo from Brisbane to Melbourne. We know how our people get together in Melbourne to protest um, companies. They're having a big expo next year, 11 to 13th of September at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Weapons companies don't belong in our neighbourhoods. They don't belong anywhere and we have the power to shut them down. If you want to follow the hashtag shut Albert down on social media, you'll see what's possible. And in the message that I want to end on is that you act wherever you are. Don't wait. Do what you can with what you've got. Organise a group of friends. Go and sit down in the MP's office. Let them... Labor is in big trouble here. But I don't think they expected that they that this would happen, that so many people would get out on the street, so many people would be ringing their offices. They repeat the, you know, the messages from Israel and the US about Israel's right to defend itself. What, against little babies? Mm. Against people who are being attacked with white phosphorus bombs and Elbert, they've got a new bomb called the Iron Sting. And what it does is cause horrific, horrific burns, <coughs> full thickness burns. They're dropping those on whole families. And there are doctors and nurses trying to treat people now in the dark with no equipment, with no sterile supplies, no anaesthetics, no analgesia. It's absolutely horrific. And 
it's we could get overwhelmed with it because it is totally overwhelming but we need to mourn and then we need to act and wherever you are you can do something even if it's ringing senator penny wong's office even if it's and well this is actually a really important thing to do there are palestinian people who have been telling us this for years and they're Try sending out their messages now. Amplify their voices. Do what you can where you can. We can all be, we're all connected and together. Every little action, big or small, is cumulative and will make an impact. Albert's share price has gone down in the last two weeks. Usually, arms companies' share prices skyrocket when Gaza is under attack. You know, we can have an impact and we need to do it together. And together we, we can be powerful in this. Yeah. Yeah, well said, Gay. And really appreciate your time this morning and for um, organising these demonstrations. And, yeah, we encourage listeners to check out Whistleblowers, Activists and Communities Alliance. They're on Facebook. Um, follow the hashtag uh, ShutElbertDown um, and... Yeah, um, see you at the next rally, Gay. Yeah, see you on the street. Thank you. Thanks, Gay. Thank you so much. And for listeners tuning in, that was Gay Demanuel from Whistleblowers, Activists and Communities Alliance to tell us about their uh, protests against Albert Systems um, and their horrific role in Israel's bombing campaign of Gaza. We're just going to go to a quick uh, break and return um, on you're listening to 3CR Green Left Radio Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years The Nakba, ethnic cleansing occupation of the West Bank East Jerusalem and Gaza Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war, stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR and we're going to go to a song by Anna Tijur featuring Shadia Mansour. Um, it's a, a Chilean hip-hop artist. Um, they were um, recently on, a news, on the news program Democracy Now! So you can check them out. But um, Tijur was born in France and raised in Chile and which hosts one of the largest Palestinian communities in the world. And the song Somosur uh, draws parallels between acts of resistance in Chile and Palestine. And this song that you're about to hear is about the importance of resistance around the world. So hope you enjoy.
Tú nos dices que debemos sentarnos, pero las ideas solo pueden levantarnos, caminar, recorrer, no rendirse ni retroceder, ver, aprender cómo esponja absorbe. Nadie sobre todos, faltan todos, suman todos para todos, todo para nosotros. Soñamos en grande que se caiga el imperio, lo gritamos algo, no queda más remedio. Esto no es utopía, es alegre rebeldía del baile de los que sobran de la danza tuya mía. Levantarnos para decir ya va, ni África ni América Latina se suba. Un barro con casco con lápiz a patear el frío, provocar un social terremoto en escuchar. Hope you enjoyed that. That was Anna Tijour, 
um, and song was Samosoa featuring Shadia Mansoa. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> and you are listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. Okay. And some more news. So I thought I'd just give a bit of a report on uh, a protest that actually happened last weekend. Um, and we'll, we've been part, um, and Green Left has been part of promoting, uh, this upcoming protest. But we've had, um, we've been talking a lot about the Victorian government's housing statement, which is essentially going to be a, a plan to demolish, um, the 44 public housing towers, uh, in favour of public private developments. And, you know, while it's under the goal, guise of, um, refurbishing, um, the existing public housing estates, what it actually kind of means in reality is it's going to actually mean a significant loss in public housing, especially in favour of community housing and private developments, which are really, I mean, we know private developments are definitely not the same as, mm. as, as public housing. I mean, public and private, but community housing is very much not on the same level as public housing. And in fact, as a, um, this is why this protest was called, which, you know, attracted more over a hundred people and they rallied at the Collingwood estate on, on this Saturday to basically oppose the kind of demolition. And very much the rally, one of the, one of the, one of the, the, the main kind of points of the rally was very much that, you know, community action was really the only way that we can stop the wholesale destruction of, of our public space. And Labor's public housing plans is very much going to only benefit property developers and push diverse communities out of Melbourne. Now, what was great quite good about the rally was um, there was actually a number of public housing tenants who actually addressed the rally and uh, spoke out against the government's plans. Um, one resident was very angry at the plans to sell public land to private developers and then she announced that she will not be moving out. And one public housing tenant expressed concern about housing for future generations and, of course, raised the important concern that this demolition will very much disrupt um, tenants' lives. And, you know... The other, the other, another tenant also said that these sell-offs are very much an attempt to drive public housing tenants into the suburbs, uh, because, you know, they prefer people with means living in the inner city over people like us. Um, so yeah, I think it was a very good protest, and I think it's actually the first action that has been organised in response to the Victorian government sort of plans. I think this is going to be a very long-haul kind of campaign, mm. because the actual plan to demolish estates is actually going to take more than 20 to 30 kind of years. So I think there is going, there, it is going to be a long campaign that we're going to have to build, um, over time. And I think, you know, and I think it's very important to develop the kind of support we can for public housing over community housing. And of course, this is something that Green Left Radio has very much been committed to. So from the beginning, we've very much covered the voices of public housing tenants and other, ca- and campaigners who have campaigned on this issue. Yeah, I think uh, pushing people out into the suburbs, that's objectionable on two fronts. Number one, there's not a big stock of public housing ready to go out in the suburbs. We know that there's a massive shortfall of public housing. There's been chronic underinvestment for the past 30 or 40 years in public housing. Uh, and on top of this, there's the ideological question of why should people who are not in the top income band have to live hidden away out in the suburbs. Why can't there be a mix of rich and poor in the inner city? It's it's just uh, icky and wrong, this idea that 
only, you know, the inner city is the exclusive preserve of the wealthy and that uh, public housing tenants must be uh, hidden out the back. It's just disgusting. And back in the day when governments were building public housing, this was a very conscious part of the public housing um, process was we're going to build public housing in nice places in the city, near parks, with ocean views uh, across uh, different parts of Australia, not just here. There's some public housing in Sydney in very beautiful locations right on the harbour. And that's because people who are living in public housing are just as entitled to live in nice places as rich people are. And I think that's the way it should be. And after the revolution, I, I support uh, taking a whole bunch of these disused mm. investment apartments in very pretty, nice locations and compulsorily acquiring them and turning them into public housing, as well as keeping the public housing that we've got in the city, as well as there's no reason at all that the government cannot buy blocks of land in the city in the same way that private developers do, and build new public housing towers in premium locations. And if the land is valuable, well, the land is valuable. That's just how it is. It's just the best place to build high-rise towers where you can pack in large amounts of public housing is in the city. And instead of spending money on nuclear submarines, the government could very easily be buying blocks of land in the city and building new public housing there. So... Yeah, they should refurbish these ones that are existing, not knock them down, and they should also be building a hell of a lot more new public housing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they well said, um, Zane. I mean, they're they're tearing down. They don't need to tear down public housing, and already they've. It is such a cruel thing to do to um, push people out of their homes. Like I've passed a few places. Like one is, um, I can think of one public housing estate is in Hampton, which is quite a wealthy area and it's near the beach. It's just, it's this huge estate. They've moved everybody out. It's just sitting there. There's no one living there. Um, they're promising to build, you know, community housing, social housing, which is really a mixture of public and private, um, not much public, um, but really, it's they, they take a long time to do it anyway, and you know there's no reason to tear the whole thing down. Um, they absolutely can put effort into and money into refurbishing, retaining, repairing um, these places. We're going to go to a short break, and we are going to return with our second interview. So stay tuned. You're listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. <laughs> Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. 
Australia's energy market is broken. Right, but Co-Power gives you better energy? Nope, no retailer can control where the electrons they buy off the grid come from. But as a Co-Power member, you can vote on where 100% of revenue goes. So instead of corporate profit, your energy bill builds the world you want to be a part of. That's cool. Learn more about the solidarity economy and Co-Power today and take the power back. Victorian energy fact sheets and basic plan information documents are available at cooperativepower.org.au. For clear advice on the right plan for you, contact us on 03 9068 6036. A 3CR supporter. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. And we are now joined by Adele Welsh from the Geelong Women Unionist Network to talk about their conference that's coming up over the weekend, Women Get Organised, Ending Systems, Violence and Gender Diverse People. So welcome to the show, Adele. Hi, Kerry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're really excited about this conference. So can you tell us a little bit about it, Adele, some of the features, um, you know, who's speaking, some of the workshops? Um, yeah, um, tell listeners about what we can expect. Yeah, absolutely. So working women get organised, so ending systems violence against women and gender diverse people. So it's going to be a weekend of action Tonight at 5.30 outside Geelong Trades Hall, we're going to have our Reclaim the Night march and rally. So we'll be having speakers, um, loud, noisy union and community rally. We'll be heading down to the Mall and down past the laneway bars and restaurants on Little Mallet Street. And then tomorrow we're having our conference. Um, And the conference really aims to, I guess, shine a bit of a spotlight onto the systemic systemic nature of violence against women. So we'll be having a look at some of our social and legal and industrial and even government structures and policies that aren't doing enough to, I guess, create and maintain gender inequality, or gender equality, sorry, um, and certainly not doing enough to prevent violence and to keep women safe if violence does happen. So some of our workshops are going to be Gender Beyond the Binary. Um, Sue Bull is going to be running a, a workshop on the origins of women's oppression. We're going to have um, family and gendered violence as a workplace issue. We've got Celeste Little coming to talk about the systemic oppression of Aboriginal women. And we've got a really exciting workshop on climate and gender research and activism. Um, and we've got some amazing speakers. So Celeste Little, Arunda writer and commentator, who a lot of unionists and feminists will know. Mm. One of the assistant secretaries from Victoria Trade Hall will strike. Our keynote speaker is Karen Batt, and Karen's Secretary, State and National Secretary of the CPSU. So she's going to be talking about the state, um, the, the state of the public sector and um, safety for workers in the public sector. We've got the member for Geelong, Christine Cousins, giving an address. Newly elected councillor for Windermere Ward, Sarah Hathaway, is going to be on a panel, um, Councillor Elise Wilkinson, she's newly elected to City of Greater Geelong as well. She's going to be one of our speakers at the rally tonight. And we've got one of our um, Socialist Alliance comrades, Angela Carr, 
on a panel as well. She's going to be talking about some of her activism. So pretty action-packed, um, really, really interesting and diverse um, lineup of speakers and panels and workshops. And um, what can you, um, Adele, what can you tell us about um, some of the organisation of, I guess, of the conference? Like, I, I guess a bit of the kind of political context, like, you know, why um, with, um, with the, some of the work, because, um, and why they kind of decide to host the conference, women get organised and in systematic violence and gender, and gender diverse people? Um, well, there's, I guess there's been violence against women has been a national conversation for a number of years now. And look, there have been some positive reforms and some positive changes. And I think we're moving in the right direction. I think things are starting to get better, but things are getting better very slowly. Um, We've still got a situation where, on average, one woman a week is killed by a former partner or by violence. And very often it's from a, a current or former partner. So we, we really acknowledge and really welcome the positive change that has happened. But we want more. We want more change. We want more funding. And we want the changes to be introduced quickly. Um, we just cannot tolerate this situation where one woman a week on average is still dying from violence. Violence against women is entirely preventable. So we're calling on all levels, all levels of government um, to step up and take action now. Yeah, definitely, Adele. Um, and it looks like the Geelong Women Unionist Network is doing um, so much great work. Would you be able to tell us, uh, just give us some details about the conference? Where is it going to be? What time? When? How do you, how do you get there? How do you buy tickets? Conference is at Geelong Trades Hall, um, 127 Myers Street, Geelong. It starts at 9.30 in the morning. We've got a conference dinner as well. And we've got some of the um, Women for Visa Equality group who have recently walked to Canberra. Um, three of their groups are going to speak at the conference dinner. So it's going to be a really, really great day. Um, so you can... People can go to our our Facebook page, Geelong Women Unionist Network. Um, I've got the, the page is literally filled with ticket links. So people can just buy a ticket through the Tri Booking site or they can just turn up at the door tomorrow um, and buy a ticket on the day. Um, and there's different ranges of tickets. So you can buy a ticket for the dinner or a ticket for the conference, or a ticket for both. Um, all foods included, um, lunch, morning tea, afternoon tea, and we've worked really hard to keep um, to keep the prices as reasonable as we possibly can to make it as affordable as we can for, for, for most people. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Adele. Um, we're going to put all those links um and also to buy tickets up on the podcast um, when we podcast this episode on 3CR website. So thanks for joining us on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Um, no, just that um, we just really want to encourage um, everybody to come, as many people as possible. We are a union group, but all of our events are open to um, the wider community, so unionists, non-unionists, 
women, men, all genders, all all orientations, all identities, <laughs> all cultures are really, really welcome at all of our events. Well, I'll see you there. I'm I'm going to be attending the conference, and uh, Geelong does have quite an interesting. Um, history and the first ever paid, I was reading about this, the first ever paid family violence leave clause in the world was one in Geelong uh, at the Surf Coast Shire. I hope that's correct information. I was reading it off the some website, but the ASU delegate um, who worked hard to win that clause um, at her workplace was actually part of the Geelong Women Unionist Network. Um, that's where she first heard about it. So um, you're doing... Um, yeah. Oh, that was we, it. We, right. we we really run it. We we feel that we kind of you know we're 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 unfunded. We've got no paid organizer, um, and we work tirelessly tirelessly to um, improve conditions for working women. Um, and yes, she absolutely did first hear about that clause at a Geelong Women Unionist Network meeting at Geelong Trade Hall. Great. Well, thank you. It was so good having you on the program, as always, Adele, and I'll see you tomorrow, and we hope um, people listening can get along and support the event. Yeah, more more strength to your arm, comrade. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks, comrade. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. So for listeners just tuning in, we were just listening to Adele Welsh from the Geelong Women Unionist Network talking about their conference coming up over the weekend, Women Get Organised, Ending Systems, Violence and Gender Diverse People. So check it out and um, stay tuned for more Green Left Radio on 3CR. We'll be back after this short break. The fears are Palestinian starves, and they're a symbol of support for justice for the Palestinian people. Buying one will support the last remaining factory in Hebron that makes for fears, and all proceeds from the sales support projects in Palestine, especially Gaza, as well as local solidarity organizations. From the traditional black and white fear to an array of modern designs, explore the range and order online or drop by 3CR during business hours. Wear your support for the rights of Palestinians. Go to kufiyas.org.au. That's K-U-F-I-Y-A-S.org.au. A 3CR supporter. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. We're just going to go to a song by Mike Mick Righteous, or Mike Righteous, Mick Righteous maybe. Uh, the song is Don't It Make You Wonder, and it's about freedom for Palestine. So Mick Righteous is from Britain. His family fled, fled Iran during the 1979 revolution, and the BBC calls this censorship controversy back in 2011 when it used sound effects to mask the lyric Free Palestine um, from Ms., um, Mick Righteous's performance on the channel, on on a radio channel. Uh, so we're not definitely not censoring anything. We're um, uh, yet promoting, um, we are playing as much um, solidarity, uh, Palestine solidarity songs as we can. So I hope you enjoy this song by Mick Righteous. Don't it make you 
Wonder here on Green Left Radio 3CR. Yeah. It's for every time a child cries, every time a soldier dies. Don't it make you wonder why? Don't it make you wonder? Don't it make you wonder? All he sees is destruction, mud huts covered in bullet holes from the gunshots, holes in the ground from where the bombs drop. The soldier stood there beside himself, that's when he heard the cries for help. Then a young child came running out in front of him, ruling, while the other soldiers put their guns to him. The soldier can't ignore the cooling, sir can you help? My grandfather's hurt, he ain't well, he hasn't moved in weeks, he's too ill to work. There's no food to eat, his body ain't what it used to be, he used to be. A farmer every day, work harder to get food for me, until your friends were in the land. That we used to see They ain't no payback My mother and my father Got taken from the house And never came back Please tell me there is safe hands The soldier looked in his eyes There's nothing he can say back The child then said My grandfather was a great man Told me we are brothers But he believed you could change that So we don't need to panic Even taught me how to speak your language When your plane blew up at school I know you see the damage I'm a child, not a fool Don't mean to be erratic But take my hand Come inside my house That's my grandfather lying down The soldier's paralyzed Eyes wide, mortified, motionless what he had just seen got him close to tears Made him wonder why he's even over here His grandfather was dead, he'd been decaying for a while He turned to walk away with nothing to say to the, the child screams, please don't leave And you're gonna put my grandfather in his feet Give him the medicine he needs and I'll let go of your sleeve He said you come in peace but you've done nothing for me The boy screams, please don't leave and you're gonna put my grandfather in his feet Give him the medicine he needs and I'll let go of your sleeve He said you come in peace but you've done nothing for me Back at base, him and a team of three marines Get into the jeep, head east, they've been sent into the streets To keep the peace, staying close to the radio Waiting for the sergeant's orders, he say away they go Lord knows the feeling in their gut, sitting in that truck Covered in dust, the sun's coming up The sergeant tells them keep the streets so they leave the jeep You hear the rubble crush beneath their feet on foot now Looks round, all he sees, the same destruction Same mud hut, same bullet holes, same gunshot Same holes in the ground from where the bombs drop He's still beside himself, but this time he reminds himself of the last time he kissed his mother by listen to her cry As she came onto his arm, playing bounces apart To fly him out to a rock She in his face, begging him to stay around But he can't, he say I'm proud of you more She hugs him like a pussy's law He's left out of the flashback and everything seems clear He say, my boy, I shouldn't even be here What's his force for? Bullet laid him to rest, when will it end? But a soldier's purpose in life is to fight Any time he could die, that was running through his mind Boots tied too tight and the gun is by his side That's a kiss his mother by that night and listen to her cry In these days who's benefiting when there's people dead They speak of terrorism but I don't see no threat All I see is innocent sisters and brothers dying What's the reason? Don't it make you wonder why? You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR and you were just listening to a song by Mick Righteous called Don't It Make You Wonder. And now it's time for the activist calendar. Jacob, are you going to read that up for us? Yeah, so just to um, let people know about some of the upcoming um, protests that are coming up in um, Melbourne and I think in Geelong as well. So just to um, give another plug for Ron Guy's Art Not War, um, it's going to be um, his uh, expedition is going to be ending on October the 30th, and it takes and it's at the Lomond Backroom Gallery at 225 Bruns, um, Nicholson Street in Brunswick East. 
Now, tonight there's going to be the Palestine National Day, um, which is going to be happening at 5.30pm at the Federation Square in Swanson Street in the city. Um, then on, then there'll be a vigil um, for Palestine that'll be taking place at 7pm at Federation Square. I think those sort of events are all kind of connected because um, the, national, um, the Palestine National Day was actually organised prior to all the events um, that are happening right now in Palestine. Um, then there'll be, on Saturday, October the 28th, there's going to be a northern suburb solidarity action with Palestine, um, and that'll be happening from 10.30am to 11.30 outside Peter Khalil's MP... Um, Peter Khalil's office, um, my local MP, uh, 466 Sydney Road in um, Coburg, and also Zane's former local MP. Mm. Yeah. Yes, one of his big claims to fame was... Uh being part of the Australian uh, contingent in the, during the invasion of Iraq that the Coalition of the Willing led. So. Oh, uh, just to clarify, though, um, because I just in terms, he wasn't necessarily he was more part of the the occupation that happened afterwards. I think we had to clarify that a number of times during election campaign because we sort of didn't want to give false information. <laughs> invasion, occupation. I, I don't really view them as like two distinct sort of things like I, I view them as part of the same sort of spectrum of invading a country that had nothing to do with September 11 so I have a dim view of anyone who was involved in that process and um, on Sunday also there's going to be another action as well there's going to be a Footscray speak out free Palestine at 12 p.m at Nicholson Street um in the Nicholson Street Mall. Um, I think it's actually it's actually possible, like for any activist, if you have a cycle or have a car, it's probably possible to go to our nor- the Northern Suburbs Solidarity Action and you can probably cycle all the way to Footscray from Coburg. It will take 40 minutes, but you'll, you'll probably be there just about on time. Well, uh, 10 minutes later or something. Um, now, 12pm on Sunday, the State Library, there'll be the weekly rally and the war on Gaza, free Palestine. Um, so that's going to be happening at 12pm at the State Library. Um, and then also I want to give a plug to Les Thomas, who was actually on our program as well. He's uh, going to have a gig, All My Friends Are Superstars, 3pm at the Wesley Ann, 250 High Street in Northcote. What a, what a worker-friendly time for an album launch on a Sunday. Kick off at 3pm. Yeah. That way you can get home and get to bed in time for, you know, have a decent night's sleep ahead of work on Monday. Mm. Um, And then on Tuesday, November the 7th, um, there's going to be the Farshans on the field, official note to the cup party and protest at 10am, Flemington and Kensington Bowling Club. Um, And Chloe and um, Zane, can you give us the details of the barbecue? (laughs) Sorry, I just went blank there for a second. So Rising Tide um, in Melbourne are going to have a fundraiser. It's a barbecue party. It's going to be held at Alexandra Gardens on the south side. Um, now, that's not very specific, but we'll be having, you know, a big marquee and, you know, you'll be able to find it. Um, it's going to be starting – it's going to be on um, – this. is it this – when's Melbourne Cup Day? I hate – even um Tuesday, November the ninth, seventh. The seventh. Sorry, I keep I keep thinking it's the fourth. So it's the seventh. Uh, it's a Tuesday, November the seventh. So instead of supporting um, the the horrible Melbourne Cup, which you know contributes to a lot of um, you know al- um, animal cruelty and you know alcoholism and domestic violence, instead of supporting and gambling, the gambling industry, please come along and support Rising Tide because we really need to. 
uh, fund some of the activists that would would want to travel up to Newcastle and um, be part of the people's blockade uh, between November 24th and 27th. Yeah, so that's on the on the south side of the Yarra, kind of near the rowing club, mm. opposite that sort of sports precinct down there. Come along, have a barbie. Yeah, there'll be we'll have some speeches. We're gonna have we'll be providing vegan sausages. Um, we'll have some face painting. We'll have some fun um, games, but it'll also be kind of an in- information um, session. Also, like if you wanted, if you're not involved yet or don't know how to get involved in the blockade or climate act- activism in general, this is a good opportunity to come along and meet some of us who are really involved and excited about this campaign. Okay, and so the next thing I just want to highlight is the Melbourne Queer Festival is going to be starting from Thursday, November the 9th to Sunday, the November the 19th. And then here's the next big event. Um, it's going to be a big fundraiser for um, for Green Left, the Green Left Comedy Debate. Um, we should welcome our new AI overlords. And it's going to be um, emceed by Tom Ballard um, at 6.30pm for an 8pm start. at the And it's going to be at the Fitzroy Town Hall, 201 Naper Street in Fitzroy. And then, and then on Thursday, on an, and then on Saturday, November the eleventh, there's there's actually going to be a rally. I just need to get the details for it. Um, do you remember the do you remember the details of the rally? There's going to be a renters and there's going to be a renters rally on Saturday, November the eleventh. Are you talking about the refugee rally? No, no. Saturday, November the eleventh, there's going to be a renters rally on on November the eleventh. So yeah, I don't have the full details. Oh, but, yeah. that that's going to be Saturday, November eleventh at one p.m. Corner Smith and Gertrude Street in Fitzroy, and there's a you can RSVP via the um, renters for a rally for renters Facebook events page. Okay, well maybe I'll just finish it up. Um, finish up there, and we'll just play a quick few announcements. Um, oh yeah, here's the rally for renters. Yeah, yeah the, the organisers are the organisers of that renters rally we just mentioned are Rahu Greens and the Victorian Socialists. So you can go to any one of the those web pages or social media and find out how to get involved. And the influencer slash commentator Purple Pingers is going to be there, which oh. should be quite <laughs> festive. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's um if you want um his um his uh TikTok or Instagram is quite good. He sort of goes through all the sort of different rentals and uh, go um yeah I've points out how terrible they are basically. <laughs> Gotta get on TikTok. Oh, all right, is that the end of the calendar, Jacob? Yep. All right, well we're um don't go anywhere, listeners, um because we're really excited to be joined by an activist um, musician. Um, a composer Alan Griffith um, and we're going to be talking about um, yeah, he's a peace activist we're going to talk about his new song um, being premiered soon on the world stage so um, yeah stay tuned for that interview you're listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR <laughs> 3CR always bringing you the latest union news they're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out, to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au.
You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. Sorry, Jacob, you're going to uh, bring us back. Yeah, so you're listening to Green Left, and you're being, um, we're joined today actually in the studio by Alan Griffiths, who is a Melbourne composer and peace activist, to talk about his new song cycle, Such a Fine Sunny Day, which is actually going to be um, being pre- um, it's actually going to be premiered soon on the world stage by world reowned um, opera singer Paul Whelan. And so, yeah, good morning, um, Alan. Good morning. Thanks for having, having me, Jacob. Yeah, so I guess to kind of um, start off, um, because I guess there's a bit of a kind of political context to um, your new piece. And I guess, can you tell us about some of these themes that you're going to be exploring on this album and some of the inspiration behind it? Well, uh, during Melbourne's second lockdown, I was convinced we were going to have a war with Russia, which the invasion of Ukraine um, uh, has started. Well, it is a war with Russia now. And being a long-term anti-nuclear activist, it really still frightens me. Um, Living in New Zealand, I grew up during the uh, anti-ANZUS, anti-nuclear campaign, and I really could recognise that we need uh, a similar international campaign to push back against the spread of nuclear weapons. So I was wondering how can I counter this um, as an artist, and I found inspiration from the writings of... Munich University student group White Rose during World War II. They opposed Hitler. They published six open public letters anonymously calling on Germans to rise up against Hitler with every piece as pacifists because you couldn't use war against Hitler. Hitler was a horrific uh, dictator. And I found their writings just as salient as today. And um, they accused Hitler of being a demon uh, going to drag Germany into hell. And I, I then wrote the libretti around their writing, as well as the show trial they endured, where Sophie Scholl and her brother Hans uh, were tried in front of Germany, then they were executed. And the last thing Sophie said before she died was, such a fine sunny day. Um, the, so the song cycle, it weaves around themes of love, nurturing, trying to protect family, as well as it roars of rage. It has a very dramatic piano duet played by one of Australia's top virtuoso pianists, Nicholas Young. And I'm flying over a Taiwanese pianist, Mago Chen, to play the duet. And Paul Whelan, he's one of the greatest living opera singers today. He, his range is phenomenal. We had the world premiere last year in Christchurch, New Zealand. Um, which went very well, and Paul offered to be available to do the strain premier. I thought, wow, how amazing. <laughs> so um, he's going to be doing this at St. Paul's Cathedral on the 25th of November, Saturday, 25th of November. I'll have other musicians, uh, multi-award-winning cellist Gemma Neal and violinist Zoe Freisberg, uh, playing some of my chamber work with Nicholas, and there'll be some of my solo piano work as well. But the main thing is this uh, song cycle, such a fine sunny day. Yeah, nice. How did you become a composer? How did you get into writing music? That's that's a very good question. Um, At the tender age of 13, I went to hear... There was a USSR symphony orchestra touring New Zealand, and I had the front row seats. I'd never heard Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto before, and I was just amazed that any human being could produce something so incredible. And I knew then I wanted to be a composer (laughs) at age 13. So that's how it happened. Yeah, nice. How did you start writing music? Like, what instruments? Well, did I, you... I, I studied piano um, very young, so um, um, piano is my thing. And I've written lots of piano music, 
So uh, I had grade 7 early, so my technique was very good. And I've always written for piano. So when you write a, on a play on a piano, you've got the whole range of a symphony orchestra there. So then I started writing songs, uh, chamber music. I wrote 25 film scores, including two features, and did lots of theatre. Yeah, and um, it was um, it was kind of great hearing, I guess, some of the um, some of the inspirations and the reflect um, that you've kind of had in terms of producing, I guess, uh, this piece. Um, and I guess I want to kind of hear, you know, more broadly, I guess, some of your, I guess, reflections because, you know, you you mentioned before that, you know, as a as an artist, it's actually important to kind of stand up, you yes. know, for yes. around issues around, you know, peace and against war. And I guess, you know, what I want to kind of hear a bit more about, you know. You've obviously been an artist for a long time. Some of your reflections on the importance of artists, you know, standing up um, for for just causes. Well, thank you for giving me that platform. The um, as peace activists, we've done everything. We've written all the letters, we've gone on all these demonstrations, and I'm just thinking outside the square. What can I do as an artist? So, I um, I wrote this song cycle, and. I also got in contact with Dr. Helen Caldicott because I wanted to get onto the radio, the, the, the very real threat of the nuclear war we're so close to. It was too little too late. I got her onto some talk shows, but um, it didn't really go anywhere. But she's a brilliant uh, writer, activist. It was thanks to her that she managed to get into the White House with Ronald Reagan and explain to him the, the, what one nuclear bomb would do. So he uh, got together with Gorbachev and Reykjavik, Iceland, and began the unwinding of the Cold War, which they both got uh, Nobel Peace Prizes for. So uh, that's Helen Kolokov, that's one person doing, uh, inspiring all these things. I'm not of that stature, um, on that public standing, of course. So as a humble artist, what can I do? And I was thinking, well, I'm so inspired by these uh, peace activists in, in World War Two. They they faced death and they died, but they've last they've left a lasting legacy. We have to stand up. We we live in a so-called democracy. We have relative more freedoms than they did. We have the right to speak out against what's happening in Ukraine. I totally oppose arming Ukraine with more deadlier weapons because sooner or later things could go very badly wrong. We need a diplomatic solution. And uh, we're so close to having a nuclear war. The Secretary General of the United Nations said in August last year that we are one mistake away, one miscalculation away from nuclear annihilation. So I hope there are other artists out there who are inspired enough to speak out and use their um, mediums and their arts to speak out as well. Paul, um, uh, he's totally for a nuclear-free world, and I think that's one of his motivations for singing this piece. Well, congratulations, Alan, um, on the new album, Land No More. We'll, we'll actually play a few seconds of it after the interview. Oh, thank you. Uh, but there is a very personal aspect to the making of it. I mean, I know you mentioned you were you were talking about this before, but um, we were reading about how you dedicated it to your grandmother, yeah. and I was wondering if you wanted to just um, yeah talk about talk about that because your grandmother, um, your family have have a bit of a history yes. um, that's related to the album. So yeah, would you be able to tell listeners about sure. that? Sure. Well, Irene Glanz, she got a scholarship to study in England. And she was in France at the time. She met her future husband and went to England. Her family from Zemish, a town in Ukraine, as well as in Lvov, were 
wiped out in the Holocaust. The Gestapo uh, killed most of them. Her brother was a brilliant doctor who, like other Jewish doctors, was forced to practice for the Ukrainian insurgency army, the UPA. And like all the Jewish doctors back then, they killed him as well. The UPA were heavily involved in the Holocaust in Ukraine. And that's something what people don't want to talk about now because it's not politically expedient to do so. But it's um, history is real. It exists. These, there are many facts which can be proven. And we're not talking about um, the, uh, the, the, the threat of uh, the spread of Nazism today. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for, for sharing um, that with us. Um, and, yeah, we are coming to the end of our um, program, but how can people find your music, Alan? Okay, um, they can go to my website. That's griffithscomposer.com, and they'll uh, see how they, they can book tickets. If they can't remember that, suchafinesunnyday.com. Um, and this is... This concert's not going to happen again. This is a one-off concert. This is his only concert in Australia. Yeah. Paul Whelan. Yeah. Well, it sounds really exciting. I hope I, I hope to attend, um, if there are tickets left, <laughs> that yes, is. Um, tickets. And for people who are just tuning in to the show, we're, we're joined by Alan Griffith, who's talking about his new song cycle that he composed called Such a Fine Sunny Day, which will feature on his next album, Land No More. And the internationally renowned opera bass Paul Whelan will be in Australia for this concert to, to, premiere, to premiere the song. Um, and would you just be able to tell listeners who's going to be accom- uh, accompanying you? Okay. Uh, Nicholas Young, he's a multi-international award recipient, brilliant virtuoso, best pianist I've worked with. I think this is about his seventh premiere of my work. I flew him to New Zealand for the concert there. Then there's a Taiwanese concert pianist, Mago Chen. I'm flying her from Christchurch. And special guests are multi-award winning string players, Chelsea Gemma-Neal and violinist Zoe Freisberg. So it's a top-class lineup. Um, some brilliant Australian musicians there. Well, we'll put the link on our podcast. Thank you. Uh, and that concert is going to be held at St. Paul's Cathedral in Melbourne on the 25th of November at 7:30 p.m. Paul, it's, um, Paul, sorry, Alan, it's been really great having you on the show. Um, we're about to wrap up. Is there anything else that you'd like to let listeners know? Uh, well, there's uh, ICANN are having a demonstration at 5:30 today. Uh, outside the, I think it's the British Embassy, I don't want to get that wrong, from 5.30 to 6.30 and they're going for a march. I can, with something to celebrate. It's a national, it started in Melbourne, they won the 2017 Nobel Peace Prize, which is extraordinary, and they spearheaded the uh, making illegal of nuclear weapons through the United Nations. Mm. Yeah, it's it's much needed. They're... Um they're just unspeakably wrong weapons, and they should yeah. not exist yes. at all. They should not be used. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, th- thanks for coming in, Alan. We're just going to play a few seconds. I'm just getting this from your sure. website, um, just so listeners can have a taste of. So this is the song, um, the song cycles from the song cycle, "Such a Fine Sunny Day" by Alan Griffith. Enjoy. Of dieses Wort möcht ihn tun mein Mann. 
City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. All right, you're listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR 855 AM. And um, we're just getting to the end of our program. Um, we've got about five minutes um, left. Um, but I guess I'll start, I'll, I'll start by talking about, I'm um, going, going back to actually the subject of Palestine right now, because I mm-hmm. guess it's such an important kind of political topic. Um, I think just one correction, If I, I kind of feel like at the start we might have given the... Um, the wrong statistics, not necessarily the wrong statistics about the number of deaths in Palestine, but the number of deaths in Palestine since Israel's um, bombardment is actually at over 7,000 right now, um, which is, you know, incredibly tragic in, mm. um, in a lot of ways and, you know, very much just shows the importance of the solidarity that um, Palestine needs. I think just a few sort of developments I've just have noticed in terms internationally is... In the United, in Britain, there is actually a lot of growing pressure within Britain right now. There actually are reports of Labor MPs um, will, um, starting to speak out, and some of them are even starting to speak at demonstrations. Uh, one of the other interesting elements was Keir Starmer, you know, total right-wing kind of support of Israel. The fact that the protest movement has been so large has actually forced him to kind of change some of his rhetoric. In fact, he's even tried to say, oh, yeah, well, I didn't actually say that um, when he actually did say that um, when it comes to supporting uh, when his support for Israel. Uh, this was in the context of Israel cutting off food and water to Gaza. Uh, there was a comment where Kia actually sort of basically endorsed it. Now he's sort of trying to say, no, I didn't actually say that. Um, so I think the movement is actually, I think, just an important message out there that I think, you know, um, the the, pro, the mass protests are making a difference, and while you know mass protests alone are not going to uh, are not going to necessarily shall um, not necessarily get to completely cause a shift in government policy because I think you know the fact the way in terms of who is supporting Israel it's you know you have some of the most powerful capitalist nations uh, supporting you're going to need something a lot more something more radical and more revolutionary to sort of really shift the balance of forces there but the fact that our these mass protests from ordinary people are having an impact on shifting government policy i think is really important and i think you know in terms of the movement i think the movement is very coming around towards mobilizing around the question of a of a ceasefire there really much needs to be an immediate ceasefire and end to the occupation and end to the mm. occupation well that's what comes afterwards actually mm. um, and i think you know i think if 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 the if we are if if a ceasefire get does happen at some point i think you know we have to go back you know going back to the interview with um gail yeah. um we have to go back to this whole question of actually we need to end all arms trade with Israel, we need to actually stop arming them, and also we need to stop trading with them. Um, I think that's uh, that's an important kind of step forward with the boycott divestment sanctions movement. Because I think sometimes with the boycott divestment sanctions movement, I find there's too much. Sometimes there's too much focus on the boycott aspect, which I think is actually 
not the most powerful aspect of the the campaign. It's actually the divestment and sanctions aspect that actually we the movement really needs to push hard on, especially follow, um, especially in light of these events. Yeah, and it's been pointed out the hypocrisy that soon after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. There's all these sweeping sanctions against Russia. Russian tennis players, Russian sports players weren't allowed to compete under the Russian flag at, at sporting events. And uh, meanwhile, Israel is free to do mm. all of those things and there's no sweeping sanctions against Israeli businesses and banks in response to their illegal occupation of, of Palestine. So, yeah, spot on. It's... Uh, it's it's a really desperate situation for the Palestinian people and it's really horrendous to watch, but international solidarity is what can turn the situation around and we've seen with these huge protests in Melbourne and elsewhere around the world. I just saw photos of protests in Yemen, massive protests, like hundreds of thousands of people. Mm. Uh, that's what's going to shift the situation and change the balance of forces. Um, unfortunately, we're, we're sort of getting yeah. to the end of our program. Um, thank, thanks to all our guests, um, Gay, Alan and Adele. And thank you, listeners, um, for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next show, Left After Breakfast. This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio, brought to you by Green Left Weekly Newspaper, which brings an alternative source of information that puts people and planet before profit. If you like our work, become a supporter from $5 per month at greenleft.org.au slash support or free call 1-800-634-206.